Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Jeff, 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 Jeff. Jeff Steins, our national and presidential expert, noted author. Find his books over at Next Chapter Books in Minneapolis and Paul, wherever you find your favorite book, and at totallyiowa.com. The Iowa Business Report, the Iowa Politics Report, come to us from KXEL, Cedar Falls, Waterloo, where Jeff is currently stationed right now. Hey, Jeff. So you're taking over for Chuck Schumer? Yeah, is I've, that what I've labeled reading? myself on the video screen with Senate Majority Leader McNeil. I don't, okay, let's just be honest. That does not look right. That's. <laughs> that's, 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 those letter, those words don't look like they belong together. Well, here's the thing, though. <laughs> Could you do any worse than the current group of chuckleheads on both sides? Not at all. I, 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 nope, I, I, nope. I, nope, not at all. <laughs> you would be elevating the game as opposed to, I mean. Speaking uh, of which, I'm going to call you right now and ask you. I'll call you out right now and ask you, did you ask right. Senator Grassley the question about when he knew that 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 the Smirnoff was not telling the truth. I did. Mm-hmm. And actually I asked the question about the form and the whole bit. And he answered it yesterday or whenever we did the interview month yeah, yesterday. Um, but then his office issued a news release afterwards on the whole topic, which I found somewhat interesting, but what he is indicating is that, the identity of the individual, Smirnoff, was not disclosed in the form. And so he had no idea who the person actually was. Did he, and, and like I said, the big question is, when did he and Comer and Jordan, when were they made aware? Because once again, this guy was investigated with Bill Barr. And, it, and, and by the sounds of it, his allegations were laughably easy to disprove. And so the question is, is at what point – and once again, we're not talking about you know just some newbie freshman person. I mean, Grassley's been around forever. Comer and Jordan have been around forever. They're in senior leadership. This is something I'm imagining, and they're getting briefed. I cannot believe that they did not know before they tried to push this that this whole thing there – was, there was a lot of problems with it. Uh, let's see. The, and he made statements on the floor yesterday to this as well, saying that – The FBI had the 1023 documents since June of 2020. Yes. And did not interview the the source of the document. Now, do the math. June of 2020 was Bill Barr. Yes. To your point. All right. Um, He indicated that they only investigated it after he uh, brought this forward uh, after a whistleblower. So, again... Uh, he is saying that he did not know the identity of the individual. He just knows that they were told um, July 20 of 2023 about the 1023, and they released it, but claims uh, that there was uh, no knowledge about the information in the whole document. Now, that would be Grassley's comment. Yes. That has nothing to do with Comer. That has nothing to do with Jordan in terms of what they may have known behind the scenes. But that's that's the Grassley response. You and I have been around this long enough. That's a guy trying to spin a narrative. You know, and I look back. Well, no, but I look back, and at the time, this was the narrowest little thing. 
that he was promoting. Now, I say that only because there could be a couple of things. Plausible deniability, like don't tell me too much, <laughs> and I'll push this. I'll push this because it fits what I do. I, I release these documents. I tell people, uh, you know, where's the accountability? You need to come clean. It's entirely possible that you had a need to know going on because if, in fact, in the midst of an investigation like this, you had Comer and Jordan making the allegation, what kind of credibility would it have? In other words, did they take someone unrelated to an impeachment inquiry Mm -hmm. who might have some credibility with whistleblowers, give them a need to know situation and let them drive it? Beats me. I have I have no idea. Um, but not only did I ask, as I promised you I would, uh, that was at one forty five, and then yesterday, I want to get the timing here. At six fifty one p.m., there was a news release that included comments from the floor of the Senate. So there you go, you troublemaker. You see, well, you did it. I'm I'm proud of you, man. You you got them scrambling. Nicely done. Uh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Ask a question. I'm not. I'm nobody's scrambling because of me. But this is why you should be Senate Majority Leader. Well, no, because I, all you do on your multiple major market radio program is say, "Hey, why don't you ask him this question?" And every with all of the stuff in Congress not being done, including keeping the government open, you got this done. Well done. Well my, done. My next question for you is ask him about the sex parties. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Madison Cawthorn made some. You want me to play the video? No, 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 no I'm not going to do that. Um, I want to actually have a discussion, a little bit, maybe even a little wonkish discussion here about what happened in Michigan, particularly with Haley. And where this is going, I had Aaron Rupar on with me yesterday, and we were talking about mm-hmm. this. And as I was talking to him about it, it became clear. I was like, okay, what is going to happen here? Haley, once again, um, pulling up, and I'm looking at the, the, the New York Times results here, 26.6%. Clearly not as much as South Carolina, but still, for, a, for someone that lost all of her funding, is not going to win this. She's still pulling over a quarter of the votes from the Republican Party in a swing state. You know, it, you and I have been around in this long enough. To where we know, okay, that the next logical step should be Trump offering her a senior level cabinet administration, maybe the vice presidency, something of that nature, because Trump clearly needs to have that 26 percent of the electoral vote in house. And so he needs a very enthusiastic Nikki Haley to send her voters to his way. So usually that's how it goes. I don't know if you're U.N. ambassador or something like that, but clearly there. Trump's, she already was. Well, but I mean, like, but that's she might want to go back. I don't know. Trump clearly doesn't seem to want to have her as part of his admit, next administration no, if he was to win. He's he's ruled it out. He's made it very clear that bird brain is not going to be a part of it. So where does this go? Because you know, you're. I guess he's thinking that she's going to grovel to him and say I'm sorry and say tell and beg all of her supporters. I mean, what is your thought? Because if, if I'm not mistaken, if, if only like 5% of the Republican base decides, okay, I was voting for Haley, I don't want anything to do with Trump, Trump cannot win in November. He loses, that's just too much attrition for him that he's not going to pull back elsewhere. Okay, so let's say Haley has 30%. I'm just using round numbers yeah, sure. because I'm a simple person. 
how many of those are people that voted for Nikki Haley because they wanted to vote against Donald Trump, and come November they're going to vote against Donald Trump regardless of who the Democrat nominee is. Or not vote. Or not vote, yeah. Or not, yeah, but I, I tell you, the more people we hear, and you and I talked about this post-Iowa. We heard it resoundingly in New Hampshire and in South Carolina. A lot of Democrats crossed over, not 30%. Don't, don't, I'm not going too far on this. Some for sure, yes. But, but it, there was a clearly a cohort that voted for her to flip the middle finger at Trump. And they're going to and even if she were the nominee, they're going to vote for Biden. So the the bottom line is it's not 30 percent, but it's a significant number. And he doesn't care. He's not going to grovel to her. He's not going to give her anything. If he does, nobody's going to believe it. And so if you actually have, let's say, 20 percent, 20 percent of those who voted in Michigan yesterday as Republicans are, quote, good, loyal Republicans. And they wanted the choice. Some are going to come home in November just because they feel they need to come home in November. But he is not going to do anything other than to say, I'm the only hope against Joe Biden because it's just the two of us. So what are you going to do? I don't have to give you anything because if you care about the country, you're not going to vote for Biden. Those are the ones who could stay home. So you peel the the first part off that were crossovers. They're going to be active anti-Trump. You're going to have some who wanted to send a signal, but they'll come home in the end. But I think it's a solid 10 percent that just don't want any part of it. And I'm not crazy. By the way, and I'm not crazy. That 10 percent is really hard. That's just if also that that, that chasm opens up, that's not something he's going to be able to fill. Now, again, we're speaking. uh, You're right. We're we're speaking in a vacuum because how many Democrats are not going to vote for Joe Biden because of various issues? Again, talking Michigan. I don't know. I have no idea. We're so far from November. Nobody can predict. But here's something that that Haley says that's accurate. I don't know that it makes any difference, but it's accurate. What was the uncommitted vote in Michigan yesterday? 15, 17 percent in the Democrat side. On the Democratic side, the votes were uncommitted was 13.2. Marianne Williamson, and it should be mentioned, Marianne Williamson got 3.3% and Dean Phillips got 2.7%. But yeah, yeah. and just to give you an idea, all the people that Uh did not vote for Joe Biden were about 19% versus the amount of people that voted for Nikki Haley was 26.6 or actually 30 because that uncommitted there was 3%. As well okay. in Michigan, so so basically thirty percent, yeah, thirty percent there versus nineteen percent. But once again, that was a coordinated thing, and I, I highly doubt people that are insisting that Biden should not go back into the White House because of Palestine. When it comes down to it, the guy that's the, the, you know that Trump is far going to be far harsher on the Palestinians than Biden ever would be. So I, I don't I don't know where that goes. But needless to say, right. this is a much larger chasm on the Republican side than the Democratic side. Well, and there are two things. One, Marion Williamson unsuspended her campaign. Yeah. Have you ever heard of him? Moonbeam moon never stops delivering. Moonbeam <laughs> is just great. I mean, uh, yeah, right. well, anyway, when you see uh, it reported as a rambling four minute video on social media, you think, oh, I got to get me some of that. No, I did not. No. Did not go near it. But here's Haley's point. And I'm rounding up again because I'm a simple person. 20% of those who voted on the Democratic side, said not Joe Biden. 
And as Haley points out, there are all of these headlines in, oh, is there a concern? Is there a problem? Oh. And then she says, excuse me, I got more than that. Why does no one say there's a problem on the Republican side? And that's a tremendous point. Because if you're going to spin it and say 13% overtly said uncommitted, and it was part of an organized effort, and that was supposed to be something that, oh, my God, they got to worry about. She's over here at, you know, 20, 25, 30 percent when you factor everything in. And everybody's saying she ought to go home. Yeah. Now, it's true. The Koch brothers pulled their money, but she had enough to get through Super Tuesday. Yeah. The fact that they pulled the plug on money, they're still endorsing her, but not financially. She's still good through Super Tuesday. Those ads have already been paid for. Yeah. Yeah. That, and it's not enough for him to lock up the nomination delegate wise. Mm-hmm. He needs more than just Super Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, but but it is interruption becomes reality, and and she's got a heck of a lot more reality. Well, and then the perception on the other side. The most obvious thing is she's setting herself up for twenty twenty eight. And I mean, and let's face it, you know, you know, it's you know, I don't think Trump's running again. If if he loses, he's not going to run again in twenty twenty eight. DeSantis was a really big no, and Nikki Haley. I mean, this is not a bad play by her. Sure, she's going to take a lot of the brunt of the of Trump's anger. But she does set herself up nicely for 2028. She doesn't care about Trump's anger. Yeah. We went well past well, no, that yeah. when she decided to run against him. Yep. I mean, right? I mean, what does she care? Uh, every time he take, tears into her from the podium, she gets a million dollars in donations. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the Trump people say, okay, uh, we're going to listen and we're not going to mention her name. She who shall not be mentioned. Well, it's a smart idea because any more vitriol from him at the podium and he's going to alienate possible. Just ignore. Let it play out. The 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 28 option is interesting because if, in fact, Trump is the nominee in 24 and if, in fact, he loses, she is the only one who can say, I told you so and I stuck with it. Yep. The others are all going to say, well, but 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 I stood up to him, too, until the wind blew. Now, the question is, does she call no labels? Does she uh, talk Joe Manchin into a dream team? No, I don't, just, I don't think that's going to happen. So either. I don't think so either. But here's the thing. Her side keeps downplaying it. I yeah. always get nervous. <laughs> it's kind of like... Um, you know, Matt McNeil is the manager of the Twins, and, and we have full confidence in his ability oh. and gone. Well, if they, if they only listen to me. Now, uh, by the way, <laughs> I want to put it past. Did you say that Voldemort translated from English is Trump? Okay, never mind. I'll, we'll, we'll pass on that. We'll come back and talk Trump in just a moment. Jeff Stein joining us on a Wednesday. Broadcasting in the evening on WCPT 820 Chicago's Progressive Talk and in the afternoons on AM 950, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. Jeff Stein joining us. Jeff, sad news. Richard Lewis passed away. The comedian Richard Lewis. Oh, my gosh. He yeah. was just in the uh, most recent Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yes. Uh, 76. That's Variety. It looks like he's reporting that. Oh, well, that's and, a sad And one. what's odd is he's in the commercial. And uh, at home, we both remarked, wow, he really looks good because he had been ill. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that is sad. That is sad. Um, just really quick. I will gesture as if things are coming out of my head in this next segment in honor of Richard Lewis and his genius. He, oh, God, everyone on that. God, curb your enthusiasm is just 
Unbelievable. <laughs> All right. So um, real quick, uh, Mitch McConnell says he's going to step down. I just think that he, he knows that he, <laughs> his health-wise is not there. That's the main reason. But he clearly, in case Trump wins, he does not want to even be there if Trump gets a second term. This is such an abdication of everything. If you really had health issues, and I respect that he has had health issues, yes. and he does not look yes. as robust as he did. Neither do I. But, okay. You step down now. But instead, he's going to step down after November. That is the biggest in your face to Trump because he can disavow himself from Trump because what's Trump going to do to him? He's just going to be a rank-and-file senator. He's still going to control the money and the power on the Senate Election Committee. I mean, it's it's a very much, let me jam this to Trump as much as possible. And you could almost see this lining up because earlier in the week, John Thune from South Dakota, one of those at Mitch's elbow, yes. endorsed Trump. Now, why did he endorse Trump at that point? Because he knew full well that McConnell was going to step aside, and he has been carrying water for Mitch for years. First it was just, you know, for legislation, then it was to recess it. I'm sorry, wow. that wasn't called for. Wow. But it's angry Jeff today. I'm sorry. But <laughs> the uh, – and Matt likes angry Jeff. Oh, dang right. Talk more about the demise of the Senate Majority Leader, please. Boy, yes. But clearly – Clearly, this this was a, a move to uh, get a leg up to be the next Senate uh, minority slash majority leader, depending on how November goes. Who do you think is going to be? Just off the top, I mean, is it going to be uh, on the Republican uh, side? Cornyn down in Texas, or no, no, uh, I, I I think it's sooner going to be somebody like Thune, Thune. Uh, and and because again, he's been well. It depends on what they want. Do you want somebody inoffensive? Then you're going to vote for Thune. But remember, Rick Scott in Florida actually challenged McConnell the last time. And Trump likes him some Rick Scott. I, I, so, but, you know, I mean, frankly, if Trump wins and the party's in the minority, if I'm John Thune, I might just say, Senator Scott, help yourself. <laughs> oh, boy. Right that's up, what, that's what the Senate needs. More of the House ethics kind of mentality. <laughs> there you go. Good. Uh, <laughs> all right. So Trump today, and this is, yeah, okay. So I, this is not, a criticism per se of of his wealth per se because once again if you're a, a real estate owner you have a lot of real estate that's where a lot of your money is but he basically says i have a you know he can get 100 million he can't get the 450 million which you need to bond out so that you can appeal a ruling he's always asking for an exception so that he can bond that out i'm presuming that means on top of the 83 for Eugene Carroll because he was told he has to pay that so basically there um, he says the fact that he can't conduct business with New York banks hurts him. But the reality is, is that, you know, I, I, my guess is going to be a lot of his properties must be leveraged to the hilt because usually even, you know, you, you can find some things that you can, you know, you know, who needs a fifth mortgage or something like that. I mean, I, I'm going to guess that that's part of the problem is that there's a lot of money that is owed on those properties henceforth. His properties, there's just nothing there that they can make money off of. The claim by the family in the New York civil case was that all the loans they ever got were paid back and the lenders were happy and they'd do it again in a heartbeat. 
Where are they now? Mm-hmm. Now, if in fact they were New York banks, well, yes, they, there is the problem. But does he not have other banking friends in other jurisdictions who would take out a mortgage on Trump Tower so he doesn't have to sell it or so that it isn't uh, executed against by the state of New York? Doesn't he have people who would be very willing, if he's such a great payer, to extend him the credit properly collateralized? The only reason that wouldn't happen is the scenario you just posed, because again, wealthy Senate Majority Leader McNeil would love a piece of that action, except it's under collateralized, exactly. which you would be giving. I mean, that again, if he's such a good payer and he's got these well-heeled uh, uh, financial friends in, in other jurisdictions, why wouldn't you take a signature note, put Trump Tower up as collateral? Oh, wait, unless... Unless you already have one or two mortgages on the building, that sort of thing. Sure, and, exactly. and which brings up the, the big concern, if you are a Republican, that he, you know, okay, so you and I talked with Nikki Haley in the numbers issue. There's a problem there for him. He's got to figure that out. But maybe the whole goal here is this. He realizes with these court cases, there's money to be paid. And so he's basically, I mean, it, we were talking about the RNC. He's going he's gonna to put his loyalists in there. And their whole goal, they've already said, is the only thing that matters is making sure Trump gets elected, which is I, I think that every dime that they can get their hands on, every dime they can get their hands on is going to go to Trump, whether that's to cover legal costs, you know, payouts or maybe a few ads. But I don't I'm starting to wonder, really, if he's even in this for for winning at all. I think this might be just a a big grift. He's got to win so he can pardon himself and his family. Yeah. I, I mean, yes, Nikki I, I, Haley yeah. said, said that she'd pardon him and all of that, but that's gratuitous. How can you count on that? Yeah. Uh, but, but again, the fact that the RNC is owned and operated by Trump for president is not a surprise. I would say that the DNC is owned and operated by Biden for president, or at least they're all together. They're in it together. The distinction, though, is you don't have a candidate who has these ancillary bills as opposed to TV commercials in yeah. order to get elected. That's the big distinction. And that's where the, the donors are going to be nervous. And the reality is, is that when you're when you're running a party there, part of your concern is Senate seats. Part of your concern is governorships. Part of your concern is important House seats. Okay. And if all that money gets pulled and it's only going to Trump, that's a big problem for the Republicans. Absolutely. Uh, well, that's why you have the other committees, but there's only so much money to go around. Jeff Stein, once again, find his books at your favorite book retailer. Uh, the Iowa Politics Report, I will publish that a little bit later on. And you can, of course, listen to this on the weekend. Once again, right here on AM 950. Bye, Jeff. Bye, Chicago. Minneapolis, St. Paul. Hour two up next.